Welcome to Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Miss Redacted. And I'm Mrs. Frazzled. Every week we explore the teacher exodus to find out what, if anything, could get these educators back in the classroom. We've all had our moments where we thought, what the hell am I doing here? From burnout to bureaucracy to soul-sucking stressors and creative dead ends. From recognizing when it was time to go to navigating feelings of guilt and regret afterwards, we're here to cut out the gaslighting and get real about what it means to leave teaching. We've got insights from former teachers from all over the country who have seen it all. So get ready to be disturbed. Join us on Teacher Quit talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of the Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay? Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. Дамы и господа, добро пожаловать в Prevail. Это второй сезон нашей борьбы с криминальными сволочами. Ваш ведущий Грег Олиар. I'm Greg Oliar. This is Prevail. Welcome to the program. We've got a great show for you today. My friend the founder and publisher of Dame Magazine, Jennifer Reitman, is here. If you're not familiar with Dame Magazine, it is an independent, women-led media outlet, and they do really great work. Jennifer is fantastic. She's been on the show before. If you missed her that time, you'll hear by the end of this, you'll know she's fantastic. The editorial staff is wonderful. They just have really good writers, and they cover interesting stuff and stuff that needs to be covered and stuff that's really underrepresented elsewhere in the media. I mean, we have a a corporate media that I keep railing about it. We're going to rail about it more later. Uh, sucks. It's just completely shat the bed in our democracy. And, you know, if you read the little New York Times interview with these new editors and they're talking about how, you know, the focus on democracy isn't really that important to journalism, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just garbage. You know, the, 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 these old stodgy places are just, they're just not doing their job. So it's super important now more than ever to support a publication like Dame, they are having their spring membership drive next week on Monday. They're kicking off the spring membership drive. You can sign up at Dame Magazine, D-A-M-E Magazine.com slash membership. It costs a few dollars a month. I do it myself personally. This is not a paid promo. I really love Dame. I love the work they're doing. I think it's important. If you have the means and the interest, I encourage you, please go sign up uh, and, you know, check it out. Even if you can't sign up, go check it out. Bookmark it. It's good stuff. So we'll have Jen on in a minute. I recorded the interview with Jennifer on Saturday, last Saturday, which was, of course, before this uh, this leak from the Supreme Court. And that's really for the best, because if, if we had done this after, it would just be both of us screaming like Black Canary inaudibly. And uh, it's it's actually probably for the best that we did it before this this news broke. I have so much to say about the Roe v. Wade thing. I, I it's just 
catastrophically awful for so many reasons. I mean, I, I don't even know how to begin to parse it because it's so terrible. The, the fact that they all lied, that Alito and these these other assholes just fucking lied, perjured themselves basically in, in their uh, confirmation hearings about what they would do with Roe. Just fucking liars. Why do, why do we care what these people say? What, what legitimacy do they have? Most of them were put there by presidents that did not have the majority of the vote. And now we have a, a minority group on, on the Supreme Court. There are seven Catholics, six of them radical Leonard Leo Catholics, these Federalist Society jackoffs on the Supreme Court. And they're fascists. That's what they are. And I don't think that we want a, a, a Supreme Court that's going to like veer us towards fascism. There's lots and lots of ways to look at the the overturning of Roe. Okay, but the way that I look at it principally is this is this is a major major step towards full on fascism in this country. When fascist governments take over, the first thing they do, or one of the first things they do, is attack women. It's one of the first things they do. They're all like these little baby men and they want to have women under their control so they're going to go out and they're going to try to subjugate women this is a key thing you know you get rid of abortion you try to you criminalize abortion you criminalize health care for women there's nothing more authoritarian than the state forcing a woman to carry to term a pregnancy she does not want i can't explain it any more than that it's fucking full-on fascism this alito guy is a disgrace what a disgrace as someone myself who was raised catholic it's a disgrace and it's a perversion of, of of any teachings that this guy has this if this goes if this holds if roe is overturned as we know now from from a week of coverage of this it's going to trigger all these uh i forget what they're called the laws in the states it's going to criminalize abortion in like 20 different states in this country people are going to die because of this it's going to have a major toll on, uh, you know, especially women, especially young women, especially young minority women, and especially young poor women. And, you know, like the Republican Party and these fucking assholes do, let's find the people that, that are the weakest in our society that most need our help and let's pick on them. Fucking bully assholes. Anyway, that's what that's the first thing. Of course, it's going to have a major economic impact if we're going to have a bunch of babies suddenly that that are unwanted, unwanted pregnancies, what's going to happen? Who's going to pay for these kids? What's going to happen to the kids? If you read Freakonomics, you know what happens to the kids. They grow up and the crime rate spikes, right? You know, go, go read Freakonomics and read the article about it, what happened in Romania. It's stupid, okay? Also, the Republicans don't pay for shit. They want the babies to be born. And then George Carlin talked about this like 50 fucking years ago. They, they want the babies to be born and then that's it. They don't want to pay for anything. They don't pay for pre-K. They don't pay for, uh, you know, health care. They don't pay for squat. They're trying to take away the education system. It's really disgraceful. So mostly they can say, they claim, oh, it's the fetus, is life. That's just hooey. That's just window dressing for what's really going on, which is a descent into fascism, which is what these guys want. They want a theocracy in this country. They want it to be Christian. They, these guys want it to be radical Catholic. They want women under control. They don't want gay marriage anymore. They don't want God for, forget about trans or anything like that. That's you know they have no idea what to what to do about that. Meanwhile, you've got nine justices on the Supreme Court. The wife of one of the justices, who clearly wears the pants in that fucking family, is intimately involved with the goddamn insurrection. And all John Roberts can talk about is, who leaked the document? Who the fuck cares who leaked the document? I don't give a shit about that. He's like, we're going to open an investigation. 
Yeah, right, like you did with Kavanaugh. 4,500 tips went to the FBI. Chris Ray, another Federalist Society jackoff, just sat on them and did nothing, right? And now this drunk asshole is going to be probably the deciding vote on Roe v. Wade. Like, that's it. The Kavanaugh's the, the deciding vote on this thing. It's insane. And maybe he'll r- vote the right way. I don't know. But it doesn't change the fact that he shouldn't be there. Anyway, I'm furious about this. Um, if you want to, if you want to learn more about it and my thoughts about it, tonight on the 5-8, watch me in Lincoln's Bible, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about this, I think, for most of the show. So, um, you know, tune in tonight. Just go to the 5-8 on the YouTube channel if you want to hear me talk more about this, because I could talk about this for days. The attack on women's health, and that's what it is. I don't even like the word abortion. It's an attack on women's health. That's what it is. It's, it puts women in danger. That's what it does. That's what these, you know, they dress it up however they want to dress it up, but they're putting women in danger. And for what? Because they're God, they think God, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you, Sam Alito. Really, just go fuck yourself. Ugh. If there is a Catholicism that I was taught, he's going to burn in hell. How about that? Yeah? You think you're, the, you're, you're so religious? No. Yeah, you go, you go talk to Lucifer when it's time. St. Peter's going to take one look at you and be like, get the fuck out of here, you stupid asshole. What did you do to help people in need? Fucking dick. That's it. St. Peter. That's the quote. Fucking dick. Okay. Enough swearing from me. Sorry, I get I get worked up with this stuff. Um, anyway, Dame Magazine is really great. Please check it out. Dame, D-A-M-E, magazine.com. We'll be right back with Jennifer Reitman. You expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. We will launch the nuclear device tomorrow at noon. Moscow will blame the Americans and retaliate. Washington will counterattack. And who will emerge from the wreckage to rule the world? Spectre. You'll never get away with this. Oh, James, thanks for saving me. No problem, Thirsty O'Toole. Come on, we haven't a moment to lose. Spectre intends to launch a nuclear weapon tomorrow. We must get to a telephone. Right, so you can notify MI6. MI6? Oh, no. I have to call my literary agent. Your literary agent? She can negotiate the book deal. Book deal? It's such a big story, there may even be a bidding war. But, but the world might end tomorrow. Which is why I have to talk to my agent today. This has been What If Everyone Behaved Like Big Name Journalists. And now, back to the show. Jen Reitman, welcome back to the Prevail Podcast. Greg, hello. I am so happy to be here. We have not spoken in a while. You haven't been on the podcast in a while, and we haven't spoken in a while. So we've got a lot of catching up to do. I'm curious about a lot of different things going on with you going on with Day Magazine, which I hope everybody listening to this is, is reading and has bookmarked on their, you know, do people still have laptops where they bookmark things and read in Chrome? Or does everybody just, has everyone just defaulted to the phone at this point? I wonder. I mean, I Gen X here. I've got bookmark upon bookmark upon bookmark. Yeah, me too. I, I, I don't understand the reading on the phone thing. Like I'll do it if I have to, but you know, I really do not enjoy reading on the phone. Call me old fashioned. I prefer reading on my laptop. 
yeah. you know, where I can see. Um, <laughs> so, okay, but now I want to take your temperature on a few random topics. And I know you have some random topics you're going to ask me. And uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. ready? Okay. And then I, I think in the second part of, of the thing, we'll talk about the media because you're a media person and the media is a problem. And um, I want to, I want to get your thoughts on that. So yeah, okay. you know, I'm ready for that conversation. I know, I know, I know. Okay. So first topic I've got on my list, Merrick Garland. Okay. This is a controversial topic. Now there's definitely been movement on the whole J six thing. So, you know, it's not like the DOJ is doing nothing. I mean, that's, that's demonstrably untrue. However, it's been, by the time this episode runs, and we're recording this on April 30th, the episode's going to run on May 6th. That's a year and four months since the insurrection, if I'm doing the math right. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. And I thought that, you know, we would have liked to have somebody in custody other than like the Q shaman and that weird guy with the eye patch. <laughs> I mean, I, I know it's great that we're doing all this stuff. It doesn't really impress me. So, um, but, you know, on the other hand, maybe this is just the big, like, you know, roll up to suddenly go out and get the bad guys. So what's your take on AG Hogwarts? So AG Hogwarts, I, um, I do have thoughts on this and I'm, and I'm purposefully quiet about them on the bird app. Yeah. Um, because I just, you know, I just don't have time to debate back and forth. So um, the rational part of me, the person who tries to think about democracy and the way that institutions should work and how much work it probably is to repair the damage of uh, the orange menace and everything that, that he did, the rational side of me says, I understand they want to have a bulletproof case. They want to make sure that um, that that they win, right? Right. The uh, oh my fucking god, democracy is crumbling. <laughs> side of me uh, says, "Hop to it, buddy." Yeah. And it is my reason for being the the part of me that's frustrated is. Yes, of course, about the rule of law, and I want to see people held accountable, but it is also about voter suppression. And it is our sort of inadvertent on, on the, you know, I don't even say Democrats anymore, the democracy side of the coin, right. this inadvertent voter suppression of people need to feel like there is someone fighting. I was just having this conversation with one of our columnists the other day via email. I was proposing to her an idea about this notion of fight because it occurred to me that the, the and, and uh, this isn't a new idea, certainly this has been said by a lot of people, but, but it really has crystallized for me how much of the reason that that person won or Republicans and I don't even like to call them Republicans, the, the rise in authoritarian right. Fascist. Uh, yeah, continues to win is because they are perceived as fighters. They are perceived uh, as champions of whatever nefarious, repugnant causes they're champions of. And on the, the you know democracy side of things, we have this very like, 
calm. We're going to go by the book. We're not going to be outrageous. We're not going to, you know, our headlines are going to be about policy. But it turns people's temperature down too much. Yeah. Right. And and so my fear, bringing it back to the, the Garland thing, is my fear is that we're missing a rallying force right we're missing the thing that we can all sort of go that's it we're getting them we're doing this i'm going to champion this and i'm going to stay in this fight people are so tired and so exhausted because of covid because of whatever financial stressors they have because frankly it's you know 2022 and and the amount of bullshit in the water constantly is exhausting and so my fear is by not seeing big movement, people are losing their sort of get up and go around a lot of it. So, so my, my take is, yes, I want people held accountable. Yes, I want to see the rule of law in full force. But I also worry long term or short term to the midterms about what it does to people's spirit when it comes to protecting democracy. So there's my take. That's a very uh, good other thing. than that, I have no insight into the, you know, into the Department of Justice. I, I, I want to hope that they're buttoning up all these incredible cases, and and at the end, the bad people are going to get locked up, and the good people will win. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think you're you're make all of those points are good points. I mean, what what you really mean in, in terms of rising the spirit is optics. A lot of this is about mess. You know, it's about optics, and it's about them showing us what they're doing. Like, even if he is, even if Merrick Garland really is back there working as quickly as he can in secrecy to, to lash out and go grab these guys, um, you know, using stealth, which is his, apparently is how, that's his style. Yeah. That doesn't matter because in the meantime, we have this vacuum of, of anything um, yeah. in the, it, it, which they, the fascists, the Republicans, they're the same people, yeah. just fill with shit and with and with garbage disinformation. So what's that line from American president uh, that Michael Michael J. Fox had in the absence of water, people will drink sand? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's he's right. I mean, that's that's the thing. And I I wrote a piece, I don't know, a while ago called the Mogilevich Defense, which is basically that's the Russian mobster guy. And the defense is, hey, if I was going to do anything wrong, I would be in jail by now. Right. You know, right. so we we I worry about that, too. Like, yeah. Trump and these guys like our side has been saying this guy is a fucking criminal. He's been a criminal his whole life. He upped the crimes every year he was in power. He just the crimes got worse and more egregious. And all of this was predictable. And the FBI knew about it. The intelligence services knew about it. The media knew about it if they cared to look. And nobody told us. Right. But. The flip side of that is if you're a Trump person, if you're a MAGA person, you're saying, if there was anything here, why hasn't he been charged? No one has been charged. Like of Mueller course. got these people and then Trump pardoned them. And yeah. we just sort of sat back and took it. And that's the end of that story. And now all those guys that were pardoned, Mike Flynn, Roger Stone, Paul Bannon. Manafort, they're criming again. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, it it's a terrible thing. And to your point about, you know, the the... How, how about fight and how we go into these fights? You know, I think the, the Michelle Obama line about, 
you know, when we, when they go low, we go high. They go low. It's misguided. My, my friend low. Lincoln's Bible said on our on our five eight show the other week when when they go low, bury them. Yeah, in the it, gutter anyway. Just bury them. It always reminds me. Did you see Fish Called Wanda? That yeah. movie. Okay, yeah. there's a there's a scene in Fish Called Wanda for anyone who hasn't seen Fish Called Wanda where the John Cleese character, who's very very upstanding and a good guy, is chasing Kevin Klein, who's a scummy jerk through the airport and he has a gun and Kevin Klein doesn't because he's taken Kevin Klein's gun and Kevin Klein says why don't you put down the gun and we'll fight like men and John Cleese not wanting to push his advantage puts his gun down and then they start to fight and they pivot around and then Kevin Klein just picks up the gun and says something like you're just so dumb right that is the Democrats and the Republicans it's been that way for my entire adult life I don't Mm -hmm. understand why always you know the Biden and I want to talk about the job Biden's doing because I think yeah. it's been it's been really great generally. But the one mistake he's made, and it might it might end up torpedoing the entire enterprise here, is that he didn't come in with this ready for that. He didn't come yeah. in with this ready to use the proverbial gun on these guys. You know, he. I thought on that. Yeah, you know, he he um he didn't come in like the first thing we should have done is try to get statehood for D.C. and Puerto Rico, and then we have four more senators. And then we can get rid of the filibuster and then boom, 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 boom. Then we can expand the Supreme Court. Then we can do that. There's lots of things. And it it wasn't thought about tactically in that way. It was always this bullshit. I think there was a naivete, frankly. I think, you know, look, I'm I'm, um, decidedly, you know, I voted for Biden, obviously. And, you know, I try to champion everything because I just don't believe in disparaging a guy who is the only thing at the moment holding back fascism. Um, I have a saying, those who don't trust can't be trusted. And and I think for Biden, the opposite is true. Here you have a guy of, of, you know, by all measure, from what I can see, a decent, empathetic, kind man, you know, not young, of a different generation, who may have just been too naive in this regard about how dirty and bad the other side is. Um, You know, I don't want to ascribe anything in terms of like what the CIA knows or what the FBI knows, but, but I think people who are, and this is a problem with Democrats at large, frankly, right? I think it's a problem with with not just elected Democrats. I think it's it's a problem with us, with people like me. Genuinely good-intentioned people have a failure of imagination, uh, oftentimes, right? I remember when, when that other guy was elected and my parents were, I just can't, I can't. Um, and my folks who I, who I mentioned to earlier in their 80s and have been through a lot of elections. Um, and my mother's not, my mother is a Swedish citizen, but has dual and can vote now. And I remember they were both so horrified when he was elected, but they both sort of thought that the office would change him, right? Yeah. That he would grow into the office. And I think for a lot of people who are maybe not as attuned to his history or the kind of person, and, um, I, I see this all the time. I, well-intentioned people just have this failure of imagination at how grotesque, how nefarious, how dangerous. Um, and, and I think 
it also becomes a fundamental problem of not wanting to be a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really speaking for myself right now. So I came ago- across a guy on Twitter. Uh, I think his name is Dave Troy. Is yeah, that his sure. name? Dave Troy, yeah. And I don't know, he was tweeting that 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 South African guy who- uh, <laughs> You don't want to tell anybody by name. Yeah. I know, I'm not calling anybody by names these days. And I'm reading his thread a little bit, some of his tweets a little bit, and I thought, God, this shit is, feels a little tinfoil hatty to me. And then I realized, Jennifer, you're having a failure of imagination. Like, for as, as dangerous and scary as, as you think and not realistic what this guy is saying, why isn't it realistic? Who's to say that there isn't this larger conspiracy happening right now? So anyway, the long way of getting that, I, that this failure of imagination, this sort of like, well, being so well-intentioned, I think is a disservice at times. You, you got to get in the fight. You got to get muddy. You have to get dirty when you are fighting this level of dastardly people, comic book <laughs> level, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it's really comic book level, bad villains. Yeah. So you got to get into the mind of the of the serial killer if you're going to catch the serial killer. And that's yeah. where we are. We're it's, You're right. It's like Batman and Riddler at this point with these people. Yeah. Dave Troy, by the way, has been right m- much more often than not. If you go back and look at the stuff that he was writing like five years ago, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, he saw that coming. So um, I think he puts together things neatly, but he's his his track record is pretty, pretty good. Um, right. Stuff. I mean, it's like Brooke Binkowski who writes for us, right? Mm-hmm. So, so Brooke, you know, if you go back to Brooke's, you know, what Brooke has been saying for years and years, she's not wrong about any of it, right? Yeah. And 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 I know that she certainly, when she says, "Look, this is a global far right takeover," people just open your eyes, and you know, obviously, she gets a ton of pushback, and I, I, I just. To your point, it, it's like you have to get into the minds of serial killers at this point. We have to be able to let our imagination run wild a little bit, yeah. even if it feels uh, if it feels really uncomfortable. You can only sort of fight what you understand, and you can only really fight what you can imagine. And and you know, I think twenty twenty two is the year to sort of get out of our heads a little bit. And, yeah. and let our gut instinct drive a little more. I mean, going back to that point, like, okay, let's say that that Dave and Brooke are like, even if they're not 100% right, which I think they're right, but uh-huh. e- even if they're not, we should still pretend that they are because the fucking democracy is under attack. Right. It doesn't do any, any, nothing bad will come of combating the fascists, you know? Right. <laughs> let's just, let's just, you know, shut this shit down. And I don't understand why they're not, you know, shutting certain things down. Like the guy you mentioned who might buy the bird app, that's gotta be shut down. The government needs to shut that down. A hundred percent. I mean, that is of all of the rising dangers that we've had recently, that one chills me to my spine. I mean, I had a similar reaction. Is really, really scary to me. When you start talking about controlling the flow of information of millions and millions of people, and I'm not just talking about the thing that the things that 
you know, as part of game we worry about, right? You know, activists being able to organize or even just climate disaster, the ability to get information out quickly, right? I'm talking about the sludge of disinformation, the, the ability to rile up and, and organize really dangerous, dangerous people and ideas. Like that, this is, my one question I was coming into this with you is, do you think that deal is going through? Oh God, I don't want to say because now the podcast will come out on Friday and then- Right, and then right, right, right. Okay. all right, all right, no speculation. I, my, but I, my, my thinking is, I, you know, he doesn't have the money up front. Tesla stock is tanking. Yeah. Um, I had 10 shares of Tesla stock and I sold three of them two weeks ago. And I'm <laughs> glad I did. I, yeah. I timed it quite well. And uh, so is he going to have the money? And what's the point of it? I, I don't understand who's backing him. There's a lot of, I, I think, you know, I, I said this uh, last week on the intro to the podcast, but when you buy a house in cash, you still have to wait like three weeks or so before the title can cleared all this it still takes time yeah it's not like he owns twitter now it hasn't gone through yet there's there's presumably bells and whistles to do i hope the security exchange commission gets involved here yeah i, I don't I know mean, what the mechanisms are but this is going back to what you were talking about with fight this is the time to look to think creatively and be like however we can stop this guy stop him now this is the time whatever no, fucking you can think of to throw at him throw it at him scares um, the shit out of me absolutely yeah. Even I have that same nervous feeling I did when when Trump was elected. That same like, oh God, this is just this is one of those true inflection points where I can't even anticipate how bad this is going to be. So I'm still on there until it goes through. You know, I'm not going anywhere. But it's yeah. going to be it's going to be not great. You know, yeah, it's he's be not great. he's an asshole. He just <laughs> is. He's just a, a he's a boring asshole he owns a company called the boring company he's a boring guy remember in um in american beauty when when um you know the guy says to the to the uh what's her name you're just ordinary and that yeah, was like yeah, the, yeah, worst, yeah. the worst insult that he could hurl at her that's how i feel about him you're just boring no yeah. one cares what you say you're boring yeah so, no not not bringing anything uh interesting to yeah i mean i find that with most of these guys, they really are just not compelling people gen generally. There's yeah. just nothing, you know, they've basically bought their way into the attention economy in a, in a, you know, bad way. Yeah. And it's all about the lulls for them and the trolling. And yeah, of course it's all, it's all shit posting. Yeah. It's all shit posting nonstop. I mean, imagine being so, lonely and empty. I, and that's what I think about all of these guys, right? I think about the same thing for the Republican, like Rubio and Cruz and all of these guys. They're just such pathetic, tiny, tiny, tiny people. So tiny, so small, so cavernous of, you know, devoid of anything compelling and interesting. And so they spend their days just filling their their own uh, emptiness with with bullshit and nonsense and and shit posting. Yeah, that's exactly what they do. And yeah. um yeah, I don't 
I don't want to get into the whole Ted Cruz. No, I know. Segment. I know. It's a whole nother yeah. show, right? I, I think Ted Cruz actually legit gets off on being humiliated in public. I think when he tweets stuff, <laughs> he actually, he, he legit gets off on it. And that's, that's the only explanation because he, he really does seem to enjoy it in a, in a way that's bizarre to me. Well, um, I, I have a little bit of a different take. So, you know, you know the thing with narcissism, right? That you're supposed to gray rock narcissists, right? right. You're supposed to mm -hmm. just completely ignore them and, you know, just deny them any attention. And I come, I, I very rarely troll any politicians. I'll, I screenshot anything on Twitter that I think other people should see. I don't respond. I don't retweet it. Yeah. Occasionally I lose my mind and I can't take it anymore. Um, but the thing that worries me a little bit to your point about like how Cruz gets off on it is I do wish we ignored these fuckers a little more. Oh, I know. I, I, know. I, I, I do wish because what they do is they use the replies and the response and, and they use the whole like, own the libs to actually kind of own the libs yeah. from a dominate the conversation standpoint, right? They, they take our frustration and our ire and anger, and then they go, see, these are the bad people. These are the mean people. These are the ones you should be afraid of because look at the way that they're talking to me or acting to me. And I, I, I do wish we just went, you know what? We don't, we're busy over here. Go, go play in your shallow pool and and let us try to you know focus on saving the country at the moment so yeah. and just a little sidebar on my personal i think that's point. i think that's a good point I, I actually about a year ago i went through and blocked all of those people yeah and it really made my my twitter experience better because you know yeah okay lauren bobert is is bad and she has bad takes but lauren bobert is bad and she has bad takes and she's going yeah. to have bad takes yeah and tomorrow's bad take won't be worse than yesterday's bad take i don't need more evidence that she's a moron and yeah. and the same with the other one that you know perjury it's not you're gonna tweet them into being better people they're yeah. not gonna like they're not gonna wake up tomorrow and be like oh right that right johnny four six seven said you know maybe you should consider thinking about the people of colorado more mm. than this yeah. It's not like Bobert. It's just like I wake up tomorrow and go, oh, right. Okay, let me figure out how to help them, you know, get our streets paved. Yeah. Forget it. They I mean, it's narcissism, it. but it's also they're fame whores. I mean, all of yeah. them. Yeah. You know, they just want to be in the public attention and they right. want all the spotlights on them. And it's and they have no discernible talent nope. other than this. So, um, yeah. 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 It's it's gross. Okay. So you you talked about fight and you talked about spirit and you talked about basically what we don't have in this country really right now, which is an obvious avatar of these things. We yeah. do have an avatar of these things on the global stage. And that person is President Zelensky of Ukraine. So I don't want to talk about the war and the geopolitics and Putin. I don't want to talk about any of that. But yeah, I'm not smart enough to talk about that anyway. Um, I've talked about that. But um, Zelensky uh, is obviously a leader for the time, you know, he, he's an inspirational leader. And he went from being somebody who probably wasn't going to get reelected to being in the same in the same strata with like Mandela and these guys, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So uh, in, in a matter of, of days, which mm -hmm. is stunning, but the yeah. guy, he just knows what to do. Now, what I have observed, because I have people in my life that I, 
the way that I engage with them and what they talk about and what they are aware of and what they're not, I can kind of glean what's going on in like, you know, the regular world, the people that yeah. don't pay attention to every and not context. extremely on. Yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. And I think Ukraine did what even COVID could not do, which is mm -hmm. that it penetrated the Fox News bubble. Mm -hmm. It did it to such a degree that at the State of the Union address, all of those Republican assholes were wearing flag yeah. pins of Ukraine, which they felt like they had to do um, because of that, because th because this issue um, got through to the voters. Now, I, we can talk about the fact uh, why that is and why it was upsetting that it happened in Ukraine and not Syria or somewhere in Africa. We, we, we know why. But uh, but the fact is, it did. It got through. And here we have an opportunity, at least in this country, to look at Zelensky and look at Ukraine and say, these people are fighting for their freedom. They're fighting against this fascist guy in Putin. Mm -hmm. Putin is on the side of Trump and mm -hmm. uh, Tucker Carlson, those guys, Rupert Murdoch, these guys are all on Putin's side. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can kind of use this um, or, or not use it, but draw from it, you know, take the inspiration of it and say, this is what we're doing. Just like Zelensky is fighting this, you know, th these fascists. So are we here in this country. We are also fighting fascists. The, the fascists here aren't bombing our cities, but they're, they're engaging in information warfare. They're I was going to say they're bombing our airwaves. Yeah, they're bombing our, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, fundamentally people are dying. People died of COVID because these fuckers first lied about it and second didn't do, Trump didn't do shit about it for months and months. He let it get worse. And at least three quarters of a million people are dead because of him and Kushner and Pence. So it's not like there's no no uh, death toll here for these guys. You might just still that down even further. There are, there are other death tolls. There are every single thing you can draw analogies to legislation easily. People, how many people a year die from gun violence? Yeah. How many year, people die a year because they can't afford health care? Yep. How many people die a year because they of a housing crisis? And you can draw, you can literally thread everything to the people who vote against making those things better. It's really interesting to me that you bring this up because. I one topic that I've actually been thinking a lot about lately is is messaging and yeah. how and how in in 2022 people are not you know we don't sit in front of the evening news local news don't even get me started on you know, we destroyed our local news uh, so we just don't have that ecosystem where are we we're on TikTok we're looking at memes mm -hmm. and we're looking at YouTube videos and. I've been thinking a lot about who can lead the charge to put together enough sort of information to basically do what they do and flood the zone. Yeah. Right? That's what we need. We need fast, pithy, Hollywood-style videos and Tumblr-style memes to be everywhere for the next six months and to draw that analogy that you just pointed out to literally show visually show 
what democracy actually is, because I don't think that people in this country, our individualism and our exceptionalism and our it can't happen here has completely blinded us to what's actually happening. Absolutely. And I and I I I sort of I had this idea to put a call out to all of the women, you know, it's it would be a damn thing to all of the women-led ad agencies out there mm. and say to them, hey. I want you to do a 30 second television spot on on saving democracy any way you want, no guidelines, right? And we're going to get it out there. And to challenge the people who play outside of sort of the extremely online or the political ecosystem or the activist communities, but people who in my mind are on the sidelines and better start getting active now. And this country is filled with amazing talent start making content, just do it, right? Not for any purpose other than to protect your neighbor. Do it. So yeah, I I think um, it's such a, this is gonna sound gross. Somebody's gonna get mad at me for saying this, but but it's such a layup in a way, right? It's, I don't think it's a terrible thing to say, Zelensky is a unifying force and it's okay in a global war against fascism to leverage his heroism for lack of a better yeah. term. Yeah. Right. A man who, you know, rose to an occasion that I'm hard pressed to think four other people on this planet could rise to. Yeah. Right. So I think, I think to your point, there's, there is, there's a, a a huge opportunity to connect these things but people i you know i saw that don winslow is is kind of rallying the troops um hopefully there'll be a lot of content coming out of him and 11 films um but we need more we need way more people need to stop sitting on the sidelines there's a lot of you know there's a lot of writers i could talk about writers you know novelists people like there's a lot that are doing stuff and there's an awful lot that are there's more that aren't and it's it's sort of disappointing because like nobody's going to read your novel next year when we're all in the fucking gulag it's going to be be in a pile of burnt books yeah (laughs) it's it's just a thing um and then to your point about the fascism and tying it all together these attacks in the states on on abortion and on uh, LGBTQ rights and stuff like that, it's always in the media couched as women's issues. And right. it's not. I, I've been hollering wherever I've been on saying this is not a, a, an issue about women. This is a fascist thing. Yeah. They are trying to, this is the first step in fascism is this. It's trying to control women. hanging fruit. Yeah. And, right? um, you know, we have to make that, like, even... Uh, this is, I think that I want to talk about messaging after after the break, but um, this, they the Democrats suck at. They need to tie the women's rights thing and the, abor- the attack on abortion to uh, fascism. Because as I've said, you know, uh, b- before, there's nothing more authoritarian than the state telling you that you must carry the term of pregnancy uh-huh. that you don't want. There's nothing. We can sit here all day and not come up with anything more than that. Yeah. It, it, that's that's fascism. So, um, okay, we're gonna take a quick break. Yeah. We'll be right back with Jen Reitman from Day Magazine. For the 
most important news of the day. Massive news dump, handwritten contemporaneous notes. The Treasury needs to hand over Trump's taxes. With the most compelling interviews. Please welcome Congressman Adam Schiff, Molly Jong Fast, Mike McFaul, Andrew Weissman, Barb McQuaid, Glenn Kirshner, Colonel Alexander Venman, former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, and all the appropriate profanity. Lawsuit to block that sh- Captain Douche, immigration executive order. Anyone that stupid should just not be in Congress. Renowned cowardly face Kevin McCarthy, the leader of the douche. Even Mary Trump agrees. Joining this binder full of women, curating the news from the left with appropriate profanity. Listen weekday mornings to the Daily Beans, left-leaning news from a woman's perspective. We make the news bearable by making it swearable. So put some beans on it with Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and me, Allison Gill. And who doesn't like that. Okay, we're back with Jen Reitman from Dame Magazine. I hope everyone um, goes and checks out Dame if you have not. It's Dame Magazine. It's Dame Magazine.com, right? It's not Dame Mag. Okay. Dame Magazine.com, D A M E Magazine.com. Bookmark it, read it. It's good stuff. Read it on your phone, even. Yeah. Okay. So, messaging. Mm-hmm. Last night I had my friend Lincoln's Bible and we do this new show on Friday nights now. And I was talking about messaging. And I think that, I think that the the Democrats actually, the messaging is fine. I don't think that's the issue. I think that, um, you know, if you look at what Pelosi's tweeting or saying and what Swalwell and what Biden and Kamala and everybody, they're all saying the same thing. The message is all consistent. It's all there. It's all right. It's all factual. It's all true. And it's all, you know, and sometimes it's done, in, in funny, humorous ways, like especially like a guy like Ted Lieu yeah. or, um, My Chefs, you know, for, from uh, Hawaii, the senator, you know, there's guys and, and Sheldon Whitehouse, God bless him, um, you know, constantly just bringing back to the point of the, of the dark money. And, Murphy. and what's that? Murphy also. Chris yeah, Murphy. Murphy. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's good people doing the stuff and it's it's fine. The problem is the media doesn't care. The media doesn't pay any attention to the messaging. The messaging that the media is like, oh, this is your message? That's nice. We don't fucking care. Let's talk about Elon Musk some more. Let's talk about what Trump might do to Kevin McCarthy. And, you know, when the thing about Kevin McCarthy broke, where where they're releasing these text messages and he's his complete pusillanimousness is exposed. This this most, we want to talk about a spineless guy. I mean, this guy, McCarthy, God. Yeah, Yeah. That's horrible. All the media can talk about is, is he going to be speaker now? How will this affect the chances of the, who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. I don't care about that. It's, it's, it's what now, uh, right, right now it's April 30th. I don't fucking give a shit about polls right now. The polls have been wrong constantly anyway. I don't give a fuck what Biden's poll numbers are. Talk to me in November. Otherwise it's it's meaningless. It's, and that's all they talk about. They don't talk about the messaging, the democratic messaging, they just ignore it. it. It's it's worse than that in my mind, right? So it's it's on the on the McCarthy thing. That entire news cycle was not about how absolutely terrible it is what McCarthy did, but rather whether or not he and Trump would still be in love. Yeah, right. That that was that was the news around. What will Trump do about this? Who gives a shit? This guy should not be in office. Let's yeah. talk about that. So it's it's not just that they won't talk about policy, I mean, about messaging. It's that they won't fundamentally talk about the ways in which 
policy enacted by Democrats overwhelmingly improves the lives of American people. Absolutely. In particular, relative to Republicans, right? It's one thing to say like, okay, so, you know, Democrats, whatever, any host of things that have been passed. But it's, an, it's another one entirely to just ignore it. They just ignore it. Yeah. And, and when they do talk about it, it's never in stark contrast. It never, you know, the both, we talk about both sidism all the time, right? But the both sidism doesn't even do it justice. Yeah. They don't, you want to do both sides, great, do both sides. But be honest with your readers and audience about what the other side is doing and how bad it is. Not just that schism between Democrats and Republicans over, over you know, tax bill. That's not what is happening. Right. That is not what is happening. And so my frustration with the media, that list is very long, <laughs> as you can guess. Um, it's that I, I think the hardest thing for me, especially because I run a media outlet, right? Yep. And, and it's important that I, that for whoever is listening, that they understand I didn't grow, I didn't come up in the ranks of the quote unquote elite media. I didn't work in New York. I didn't work at a newspaper. I, I'm, you know, I was a kid who had an idea to, to open a, a women's news outlet. And here I am over a decade later and I still do it. So I don't really know how the New York Times or the Washington Post or any of those outlets operate, right? I, I'm not an insider who then left to go do something else. But I am somebody who understands how to put out content and how to report on a story and how to accurately reflect what is happening in this world to the extent that it is to improve the understanding of people who pull a lever in our election. And so my frustration is in as much about what they do as it is why they do it. Mm. The why bothers me equally to the what. Because why are they doing this? Why are they handling things the way they're handling? Do they think that when, to your point, and jokingly, but not really, when the gulags come, that they'll all keep their jobs at the papers of record and be able to say anything they want to say about these people? You don't think that certain Republicans will do everything in their power once they are back in power, and knock on wood, that never happens, to reduce every freedom of the press possible, that they won't try to make it look like Putin's media? Yep. That is coming. And so it's this sort of above it all attitude, like, well, we'll be fine. No, you won't be. You, you're not going to be okay. So so the on the messaging thing, sorry, I got off track because it really does. No, no, it's okay. Because I have such a, you know, I want them to do their job. You can be dispassionate. That's okay. You know, we're, we're able to be a little bit more inflammatory at Dame. Be dispassionate. Be objective if that's your thing. But do it accurately. The, the issue is that it's actually not accurate coverage. They are not accurately informing the public of how dangerous this moment is. That's my beef. And so it, it, it's 
not messaging to me. It's the media's unwillingness or inability or back to our original conversation, lack of imagination. Um, And this is putting aside, right, this, I think you would agree, there is obviously a class of sort of Politico, and I don't mean the outlet Politico, but Politico beat reporters who, for them, the intrigue is the game, right? And I try to just sort of ignore that, but it really is also, you know, I think we have a, a, a deficit when it comes to regular policy reporting. And more in your world than in mine, reporting on fascism and reporting on authoritarians, which we do do our fair share of, that's where, to me, the papers have failed altogether. All I want them to do one day is wake up and and say to themselves, if this were happening in another country, how would we handle this? And treat it that way. Yeah. Handle it that way. Yeah. I think there's a lot there to to talk about what you just yeah. said, but but um, you know, the idea of suppressing the media if the GOP comes back, I mean, they have to because there is no rationale for the way that they uh, the policies that they are promoting. Well, I've said no. The policy is tax cuts and fuck you die. That's yeah. literally their platform. Every yeah. everything that they look at is harmful. I mean, with the gun stuff. We're gonna we're gonna give the gun manufacturers what they want. Fuck you, die to everybody else, right? So the healthcare thing is insane. Like it's it's actually I think we all accept it because we live here and it's been the slow boil. It's it's insane. Well, have a country, yeah, I have a you know, mother. right? Yeah. I mean that that comparison is so. Th- their policies literally are power, mm-hmm. money, yep, and. That's it. Lowering the age of consent. Those are the yeah, three right, things. Right. I mean, yeah. right. Basically making it okay. You know, I mean, that's, again, that's a whole nother conversation where projection is the, you know, is there yeah. truth? But yeah, I mean, it is just bring us back as far back in time as we can, right? Where white men controlled absolutely 100% of everything. And the rest of you, you know, it's eugenics and we're just going to let you die and and suffer and we don't care because we have all the money and we have all the power that's it that's it there is literally they stand for nothing that would help anyone but themselves and i don't even know that it helps themselves in some cases like it doesn't does it really help marco rubio to be in the senator of florida with the gun laws the way that they are when he has to go on stage with the Parkland survivors, like that doesn't help him. Like nobody has made that, that the stuff doesn't change with Republicans until it gets close to home. That's yeah. that's it, you know? And, and even then it didn't change. Scalise, Steve Scalise got shot. He almost died. Someone yeah. died trying to protect him and he yeah. woke up even more of an asshole. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. Greg Abbott hit by the tree, even more of an asshole. Yeah. I don't understand these people. Well, that's, I mean, that, I think that's, again, that's some of my frustration, particularly around media, but with these people too. And that goes back to the genuinely pretty decent people can't quite wrap their heads around yeah. indecent people. And it's, it's, it's a lot easier to understand immorality than it is amorality. And I think the problem is we're dealing with the issue of amorality versus immorality. They just are utterly devoid of 
morals. They just don't, there's no, we did a piece recently about the fraying of the social contract. And these are people who just don't care. I also think that, and this is true for, for the billionaires, this is true for, you know, any sort of institutional class of, of people with power and money, it breaks their brains. It breaks their brains. And there is no sort of, it, I think it just removes empathy i truly think it just it just it's you mean, like wait you mean acquiring all that money removes empathy yeah, yeah acquiring yeah. the power and the money breaks their brains yeah and i you know here's there's a predilection of course right so you're naturally i don't want to be a billionaire i wouldn't i honestly would not want to be a billionaire yeah. i can't think of anything more stressful in a way sure. than having billions yeah. of dollars so there's a predilection, I think, people who want to amass that much wealth and that much power, right? They're already, I'm not, I don't want to say sociopathic, um, but there's already something hinky. They're va- they're, they're, what they value is perhaps not what you Yes, have. that's a very, very much better way of saying it than I did. <laughs> um, and I think the same is true for these Republicans. They are not getting, Mitt Romney didn't get into office because he wants to do service. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's these people, it's like the natural outgrowth of, of power hunger. Okay, well, now I'm going to run for senator, right? Because I've already been the top in my law firm. It's, and so they're just genuinely broken people who um, they just don't, there just is no empathy. So I don't think it's immorality. I think it's immorality, frankly. Yeah. I, it's an interesting idea, though, that, that, that they, you know, that it changes you having the money. And I think that it does because also you're being a public figure now is so different than it ever was before. Yeah. Like it really at any time ever. I mean, if you go back historically speaking, I'm talking about, you know, to the days of, of, of ancient writing and stuff, there really weren't that many famous people, you know, mm-hmm. you had like whoever the King was, and maybe there was a right. general and if you went to some town yeah you know you have these artists and stuff like that occasionally but even to access that to 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 access a painting you know you had to go see it wherever it was like now you just your phone you're on in the bathroom board i'll just look at the mona lisa you know and it the our brains aren't equipped to handle that Mm -hmm. i don't think they're just not i mean somebody like i think hillary clinton I know you can't quantify like vitriol and abuse, but I think she's absorbed more vitriol and abuse than any person ever in the history of time, ever, um, w- without any reason. You know, I- I'm not talking about deservingly. I'm talking about undeservingly. It's yeah. just been this this 35 year machine of let's let's go after her of and- hatred, unabated, unrelenting hatred. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The hate machine. It's just, yeah. and, and how, how do you handle that? I mean, I don't know. It, 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 you know, she, she's a, uh, I, I don't know how she does it. I mean, she has yeah. to have a, you know, people are like, well, she's not open. Of course she's not. You, you've been, you know, and that affects people, not just Hillary too. Like, I mean, we, we do the same thing to Trump and to the Twitter yeah. guy and to the, now they deserve it. They're, yeah. they're bad, but they still are absorbing all of this yeah, stuff. Of and I don't think our brains can handle it. I just, I, I, 
you know, my brain can barely handle being on Twitter. I'm not yeah. anybody. The you know these guys that are like legit, like super duper famous, and and, and just have millions of people following them around and trying to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's even even like uh, you know I'm a I'm a big sports guy, and uh, you know you watch like the basketball players now, they all are on Twitter, they mm -hmm. all are on like TikTok and Instagram, and and they engage. They see if people are giving them a hard time on Twitter, yeah. they see it, they react. It's a, that wasn't like that you know 30 years ago. No, I mean that's you know our evolutionary um, technology has moved much faster than our brains have. Right, yeah. we're, we're not computers. And the biological aspect of what brains and bodies and, and you know, spirit, for lack of a better, but really our adrenal system and what have you can sustain is not paced with, with the, you know, the advent of social media and the, you know, um, the commodification of, of basically like reality TV and social media um, where, you know, I just saw that the, I think her, the cash me out girl i don't know what her name is but that she has made 52 million dollars on only fans right that girl's not prepared to have 52 million dollars you know overnight yeah. um and so you know we we as a as just basically a you know an animal are not we're not built for it we're not built for it and so again i think it breaks all of us a little bit sure to some extent i mean you know, you said something earlier about, um, we were talking earlier about Twitter and being on Twitter and, you know, not retweeting people. For me, I, I, my physically can't take it, right? My blood pressure goes up. Um, my heart mm -hmm. beats faster, right? I, 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 there's a physical manifestation to the outrage machine that I'm not willing to participate in as much as other people perhaps are. I just don't have it in me. And I think, unfortunately, we also hurt ourselves a little bit with all yeah. of that. I wrote in our newsletter the other day about being the, that we are the product for all of these people, for, yeah. for Twitter, for Facebook, for Amazon, for all of this. And, and, and they know it and we know it, except we're, we are now sort of, you know, we're the, I remember when I was a kid, you would go to the Los Angeles zoo and you would put in a quarter and get pellets to feed some of the animals. And those animals, you know, came right up and they were tame. And because every day in and out, some little kid took a quarter and fed them. And we're doing the same thing online, right? The, our adrenaline goes up, we get a serotonin blast because we got to yell at somebody really bad and we got it out of our chest. And then we just feel like shit afterwards. So, yeah. you know, I don't know that, that there's not really any point to that, you know, other than we'd all be okay if we signed off for a day. Yeah, it's hard though. It really it's is hard. hard because there's you don't want to miss what's happening in the news no. cycle. You don't want and and that's how the news gets funneled in now. And um, but yeah, but the brain. Yeah, my brain has changed fundamentally yeah. and I don't know that it's for the better. No, you know? it's no. harder for me to focus on like long form things now than it used to be before. I just, and that's not good or bad. It's just different. And yeah. um, I, I find that with Twitter, the key is, you know, I don't, I try to avoid getting in fights with people or replying right. to people. I feel like I'm on Twitter to proclaim, not to engage. Right. You know, right. That, right. That's it. Yeah. Noel Coward had this great line about television. He said, 
television is for uh, appearing on, not for looking at. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Yeah. No, that, I mean, I, I sort of feel I tend to, you know, try to stay out of fray. It's funny. For years and years, I don't even think my name was on the Dame magazine site. Okay. Um, because I was, I don't, attention is just something I'm not, you know, I, I learned like if you want to grow a media brand, you kind of have to raise your hand. I want to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. So we, um, I actually have a couple of questions for you. Oh, good. Okay. One, one is, um, so the GOP is obviously gunning for Cawthorn, right? There, yep. It's knives out for this guy. What's your take? I want to know your take on that. Like, who do you think is really gunning for him? And do you think he's gone? Um, interesting question. I heard from one of my subscribers yesterday about this because we were talking about it the thinking is that it's in north carolina it's a state level gop machine that wants him out uh, okay. it's not federal it's not anything like that it's and i don't know why i don't know what the reason is my my sense is um i don't know if you watched the the cocaine orgies podcast thing with him i know everyone yeah. was making fun of it but I, I went and watched it because I don't like to just make fun of anything until I've seen it. Yeah, of course, of course. And I'm watching this and he, most of the time in his videos, he looks insane. Like he's like beating up a tree or he's- he Yeah, 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 off, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. The, the video where he's talking about his wife leaving him is just very strange. This one, he's just in normal clothes. He's hanging out with this guy whose podcast it is. They look like they're friends. They're like in somebody's house, you know, it's very relaxed. And he's telling this story and he says like, and I'm paraphrasing, I went to Washington thinking that these guys, these big senators and congressmen were like these, these avatars of moral good. And as soon as I got there, they just invited me to like basically sex parties at their house. And I was like, really? You guys are doing that? That's weird. And then he said a, a, a second story about I, you know, another person that he previously admired, who's a you know, Republican, conservative, whatever, going into the bathroom and doing the bump of, of, of cocaine. Like the key bump, right? Yeah. And that's what everybody ran with. But if you look at it, that's as cogent and as honest as he's ever been, it seemed to I, me. Like, I, I don't think he's lying. I think that was really a moment of we saw the real him. He was uncomfortable with this because, you know, morally he didn't like it or whatever. But I think that even though nobody cares about cocaine orgies and it's easy yeah. for them to laugh it off anyway, that demonstrated to them that he could, can't be trusted with stuff. With other, with other secrets, so to speak. Yeah. So now yeah. they'll be like, all right, we're just going to run you out and, and that's it. And I've oh. also, I mean, if, and if that isn't true, I've, off, I've, I've thought that in order to survive this moment with the insurrection, because the insurrection stuff is going to come out. That's yeah. one thing we can depend on, whether it's the committee or... I, I think that the DOJ that will question for you. So yeah, yeah, I wanted to hear what they, you think. They about will that. get to it. They're they're going to have to sacrifice some. What does he say in succession? We'll have to have a blood sacrifice. Right. <laughs> you know? So they're gonna have to give up some people. I think right. they're looking around. All right, Cawthorn, he's new. No, he's he's polarizing. Yeah. He's kind of we can't trust him. He, he's one. I think Marjorie's done. I think mm -hmm. Bobert is done. And you know, maybe they can hold on to Jim Jordan, maybe. Um, wait, when that George Clooney documentary comes out, I think yeah, he's done. Yeah, that might put the put the fork in him. But 
I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. But these guys, they're not a monolith either, any more than the Democrats are a monolith. They're, they are, as, uh, you know, as Eric Bollert used to say, RIP to yeah. somebody that we yeah. both uh, admired a great deal. Uh, you know, the Republicans are in disarray just as much as the Dems and vice versa. It's not a... They're not a monolith. I'll, I'll tell you one quick thing. I actually might know the only true independent in the world, in this country. A, a guy I went to high school with a lot of years ago. I'm Facebook friends with him. He's a perfectly lovely guy, lives on Long Island. And every now and then I'll, I'll post something political or whatever. And, and he very politely comes in and asks, I posted something about the Twitter guy and about people leaving and, you know, take a breath and let's see what happens. And, and he very politely commented and said, Jennifer, could you explain why people might be leaving? And I, you know, whatever, explain you know, abuse and whatnot. And he is literally down the middle of the road. Like he probably has voted both Democrat and Republican in his life. So to your point, not a monolith at the voter level either, mm -hmm. right? I think we we have this perception that they're all MAGA. They're kind of not. They're no, sort of all. I like think this most. Guy. I think most people just aren't paying attention. Honestly, they're not. They're, this guy, I won't. I don't want to say his name. This guy is not that. You know, he probably voted for Trump. I'm guessing that part of Long Island I grew up in had a lot of Trump voters, but probably didn't really like him after he realized and and. He is a guy that the Democrats could pick up if he understood the message, for yeah. sure. Um, so anyway, my, my other question for you, and you probably, I don't think we have enough time, but I, I, I'm curious, a couple of thoughts. Talk to me about what you think about the J6 committee. Tell me, I want to hear what you think is, is going to come out. First of all, I'm glad that it exists, because yeah. if it didn't exist, I don't know what would happen. And yeah. I like the makeup of it. I think Liz Cheney has been amazing on it in general. It's very strange to be rooting for Liz Cheney, but uh, you know, uh, I you know, people say, "Well, her father's Darth Vader," and I said, "Yeah, you know who else's father was Darth Vader? Princess Leia." Luke. Yeah, oh, yeah. Princess Leia, right. yeah. So, or Luke and Luke, you know, and Luke. yeah. So, like, it 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 that isn't necessarily the thing, but it doesn't even matter right now. We're we're fighting against the fascists, and I'm happy that she's on our side because it means also her dad is on our side, right? right. And, yeah, and. Uh, the the way that they're rolling out the information i think is really good i think they're they're timing it well people are you know they're complaining that we don't have it on, yeah we don't have it on tv yet we're gonna have it in tv over the summer closer to the election which is right. what we want yeah. and i think that you know we all know trump did it we all yeah. know that these fucking people that that the flynn and stone and and at jones and these they're all involved with it in some way still to be determined um there's definitely people that were on the Hill that were politicians that knew mm -hmm. that that shit was going to happen. Whether or not they knew it was going to happen exactly that way, I don't know. But uh, when it gets to the point where they're going to try to save themselves, then it'll be interesting. If you have people refusing to testify, if you have people going up to testify and saying, I don't remember, I don't remember, I don't remember, or pleading the fifth or whatever, it, yeah. that's bad television. That's bad yeah. optics for them. And I don't know what the DOJ is doing in terms of timing. I the, again, going back to what you said at the beginning, the sort of Pollyanna in me wants to think that this is highly coordinated, right, right. but I don't know that it is because Schiff has said a lot that he's been complaining about. about yeah, the, and that's the, thing, that's the thing that always, whenever Schiff comes out and says, you know, 
is frustrated. I'm like, oh shit, that's not great. Yes, yeah. it's 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 annoying. I mean, that poor guy had to be with Devin Nunes all those years in the in the oh, thing and God. be like, and he's a, also a very you know Raskin. I mean, look, Raskin is like we, when we were talking about Zelensky the other earlier. The 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 person who pops into my head a lot is is Raskin. Right. Yeah, he's good. Raskin yeah. is a man who is built for this moment. Yeah. Um, he I, I wish we saw him more. You know, I, I also like I'm going to say one thing that does frustrate me with the Democrats. Get up in front of a microphone too. call a press conference. Right. Yeah. Like, don't make it your normal. And, and I, I leave Nancy Pelosi out of this. because She's got to do what she's got to do. But like, get, get go on those stairs, get a microphone. And, and just lay it all out. You know, Booker, I feel like Cory Booker and people who are great speakers, Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, you know, yeah. get out there and just spell it out for the American people. Call a press conference. It, it might seem, I don't know what keeps them from doing that, right? I don't Find know. Commercial. I don't know. These are aberrant times. Do aberrant things. Yeah. And, and, at the end of the day, you're on the side of democracy. Like spreading the word about this is on the side of democracy. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen. I, I suspect that um, the DOJ has said they're going to investigate it. Garland has said it. They're clearly doing it. I don't know why he would stop before he, you know, got to the top. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing that's interesting is, you know, they could easily have a COVID commission. I think there should be a special prosecutor to look into all the COVID stuff, whether yeah. it's the PPP, you know, the money that went missing and yeah. the petitioner's role and all that. I think there should be that. I, I think that's something that people would respond to because COVID is something that did cut exactly. across party lines. Yeah. Um, they haven't really focused on that. I know there's another committee that's sort of looking at it that you barely hear from, but like that has not been in the news and I don't, I'm not sure why. Maybe they think that this is more important and that this is front and center and maybe they know that this is where the focus has to be. So the fact that they've chosen to do this and publicize this rather than the COVID thing, which is in many ways easier to, yeah. to prove, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's, that's a good sign also. That, that to me suggests ambition that and that and, and an understanding of the stakes that democracy is yeah the risks so right, right, right. you know um I, i'm glad that there is a commit uh, a committee i'm glad that fucking jim jordan isn't on the committee they screwed that up badly by not having their guys on there and you know we'll see what's going to happen eventually it's going to all look bad for trump one thing has been the true for the last six years every piece of information that we learn about trump makes him look more guilty and not less yeah, then it has never not happened he always looks bad. We're going to find out more stuff. Raskin said that people's minds are going to be blown when they see this. And I think it's true. I mean, you know, you've got Rudy Giuliani. You've got them calling Tuberville, that moron. You know, you've got them, the, the guys going to Ted Cruz's desk. You've got Hawley with the fist. But you know what would help if they are, if, if, if some of these senators actually did stuff and they arrested them? Like what if what if they did stuff and they went and arrested Holly Cruz and Tuberville? Oh, be I mean no. The next to, day we can vote on getting rid of the filibuster. Yeah, and then right. Manchin could go fuck himself. You know, I know. that yeah. that is a you have to invite me back on in a month. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's a whole that's. Um. So I don't know. I think it's you know I'm just glad they're doing it. There does seem to be urgency about it, and there should be. Those guys were there. They were yeah, there yeah, when yeah. it happened. That's a that's scary. 
It's I terrifying. Mean, it's really, can you imagine having being there and living through that? Like, you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. I mean. Uh, but that's what makes what the Republicans are doing even, even worse. worse. Yeah. Even worse. They yeah. knew how to, they were there. They saw a mob. You, what did you call them? Um, in our, in your, our, in your column for us? Besiegers. Uh, yeah. I mean, give me a break. Like, and you're just gonna, yeah, no, peaceful, peaceful yeah. protesters. They're just tourists, man. They're just tourists, tourists you know, Ridiculous. like at the Bastille, you know. Yeah. Okay, so um, I, were there any other questions you wanted to ask me? No, I mean, I have, I always have questions for you because <laughs> you, you're so smart and you know, I, I, I was thinking to myself, I'm too dumb to go on Brexit. Oh, stop. No, no, no. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, this is something we ask of people all the time at Dame you know, as part of interviews. And, and one of the series that we're considering um, launching is something called what stage of democratic, basically decline are we in? Mm, okay. And I'm, I want to hear from you. What, like, what stage do you think we're in of democratic decline? That's just a good question. It's an interesting question. And you've now answered my question, which is what's going on at Dame that's new. Oh. Okay, so, <laughs> um, so, uh, this will be that too. I think that um, we are, we're, we're at an inflection point with the democracy because of J6 and because of the, the takeover of one of our two political parties by fascists, Yeah, right? That is absolutely true. On the other hand, I mean, until like the Civil Rights Act of 63, this country was pretty awful if you were yeah. like not a white guy, a straight white guy, you know, yeah. if you were a uh, you know, if you're a minority in any way, you the, the, like the stuff that went on in this country is mind boggling. If you go back yeah. and look between the, you know, Andrew Jackson basically saying, um, okay, no more treaties with the Indians. Let's just fucking kill them all. We'll just kill them. Yeah. We'll just kill them and take their land because manifest destiny. Uh, you know, the sla slavery is obviously just, yeah, they, I can't, I mean, it, of this country. I can't wrap my brain around that that actually happened that anyone thought that that was right or could do it um and you know that happened the whole the whole way through and women never get the 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 same level of um attention that those two get women are also treated horribly in this yeah. country horribly for years and years in a mortgage now yeah you know <laughs> i mean Ladies, that might not last so <laughs> Get, get your mortgage now. You know, get women couldn't vote hard. until 1920, which is insane. Yeah. You know, there's the property things. There's a, yeah, like you said, the credit and the mortgage and all this I stuff. I mean, that's that's in my lifetime. Yeah. You know, that, that you couldn't get a credit card, that you couldn't get a mortgage. Institutionalized racism is real. Institutionalized sexism is real in this yeah. country and always has been. So when you look at it from that standpoint, yes. okay. it's way more democratic now than it's ever I like this yeah. way yeah. more. I yeah. mean, if you're if you're if you're gay to be alive now, like, OK, I watched the L word when it first came out. I think we we, we had just had our first kid. So we were like watching to and, uh, we, you know, it's just a, that's a fun kind of like soap yeah. opera kind of show. Right. Yeah. You go back and watch that now. It is so dated. It's insane uh, how dated it is, because yeah, yeah, yeah. back then, even the idea that there was like people that were by was so like, oh, really? Da, da, da. Now, I mean, you go to a high school now, like they're all, it, it's, it's just- Oh, I love these kids. Yeah. Uh, I, it, I mean, these kids are so real and and yeah. and um, open. And when we were kids, you you know, 
you knew that maybe someone was gay, but my God, it was never that that kid wasn't talking about yeah, it. You can't you you couldn't do it. And uh, and the same thing with with like trans stuff now. Even again, Arrested Development, one of the funniest shows ever. There's there's weird yeah, anti-trans yeah, stuff in that first season. Well. Yeah. yeah. Second yeah. season and the third season are fine. But the first season, there's like uncomfortable stuff in there. And that those shows were not that long ago. This is no. like in the last 20 years that this yeah. has all happened. And, you know, again, we're, we're pushing, toward, we're, we're hurling towards this place where it really is a free, fair, open, equitable mm-hmm. society. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing these fascists now, because it's that, this that. is the death rattle. That's what I say. Of the, I would of say the it's the death rattle. If, yep. If, you know, we just we just do the coup de grace, right? That's what we need. And uh, look, white white guys have been in charge long enough. We've fucked up enough shit. You know. It's By the way, you'll all be fine. Just let it. Just let us have it, right? You guys, we'll we'll be. You know, we'll take care of you. We're going we- to wait until like until all of the oil is gone and there's the climate catastrophe is uh, completely fucked, and then. As we're getting on the spaceships to leave, right. we'll be like, we go, okay, you go. good luck. You can be in yeah. Yeah. It, We yeah. fucked it all up. Um, I but- like the optimism, though. I, and it's, it's important, I think, to remind people that for as awful as it is now, and it is really fucking awful, and there's a lot of looming, scary, dangerous shit, in particular climate, and they're, they're making every effort to roll back rights. It is for that. It is the progress we've made. That is why this is happening in large part, right? It is to undo that it is better for marginalized people in some ways. It is better for women in some ways. It, you know, we are moving, as you say, to a much more progressive open society, one that is hopefully based on equality. Um, we're launching, you asked what we're doing at Dame, and we're actually launching a new rubric called the Optimist Guide to. <laughs> so the optimist guide to the climate, you know, climate crisis, optimist guide to housing, all of the things that feel really dark and really scary. We're, we're doing this series because there is good stuff yeah. happening around those things. And I feel a responsibility as a publisher to, to share the good stuff because that's in part what motivates people to keep working towards making things better. It's all doom and gloom all the time. All you do is make people feel hopeless. And I want to try with our, uh, with our editorial to give people, you know, a little bit of hope to hang on to, to keep, keep going. That's good. I like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Hopefulness is, is essential. I wrote a piece from my old blog years ago and it was called, um, social conservatives impeding progress in 1776 right, and that's right. what you know that's what they do these they yeah. just they don't like any progress and uh look you know I, i'm getting older i'm turning into the get off my lawn guy i get it yeah, i understand yeah. it but i feel like as we get older you know it's incumbent upon us as uh, you know to evolve as, as moral human beings is is to look around and be accepting and know yeah. that not everything that we do not you know things won't make us comfortable and the direction that things go in might not make us comfortable, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, we have to, it, it, it's incumbent upon us to engage with it and to not just shut it all out and, you know, and to turn into a Fox News on business a little bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, let, let go of it. We're not, a, you know, I'm getting older too. I'm, I'm past the half century mark. And for fuck's sake, I don't need to be in charge. 
right? Yeah. Like it's, it's not my earth to inherit. And so those who are going to inherit this world need to have a damn say in in what things look like so you know i i'm with you on that it's it's but you do get a little bit off my lawn right <laughs> like i can't deal with the loud music in the stores anymore um that's you know sensible shoes and quiet music <laughs> i've been like that for a long time yeah. I, <laughs> um okay so dame magazine d-a-m-e magazine.com jennifer reitman where can we find what is your twitter handle at jennifer reitman that's clever Yes, very, very clever. Um, Reitman is R-E-I-T-M-A-N. Um, okay. This was fun. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Uh, we were able to schedule this. Thanks for coming on. Great to see you as always. And you talk to you next year. <laughs> nah, we'll have you on sooner than that. Okay, Definitely. good. Thank you, Greg. The Prevail theme song is by Matthew Fassa. Sofia Tereshenko provided the Russian introduction. Voice talent is provided by Tally Briggs, Signet Della, Stephanie St. John, Brett Petticord, Ryan Byrne at History Falls Apart, and me. Thanks to Allison Gill, Molly Hawkey, Kanai Williams, and everyone else at MSW Media. Please subscribe to the Prevail website with updates every Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. Your $5 monthly subscription funds the site and the podcast. Visit gregoliar.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Drive safely. Don't forget to tip your server. Until next time, we shall prevail. MSW.